is going on? Man, I don't know if the headphones I have not turned up super loud. But that was the loudest intro I've ever heard out of my headphones. Anyways, guys, you know who it is. Um, Tony Story, uh, the podcast host of Car Sales 101. Sorry, I'm just making sure I'm recording. Uh, anyways, so um, just want to welcome y'all back. Thank y'all for coming and listening. I think I'm on episode 49, maybe 50. Um, I can't remember. So there's about probably 48 more episodes before this. So make sure you give them a listen to. If you just started out in the car business or you've been in it for a while, just take some time, listen to it. You know, there's some of us that go through ruts that, you know, basically need to be refreshed or whatnot. So please don't take it as, you know, you have to, you know, listen to some car guy talk about stuff that you already know. We need a refresher. It's like I said, I record this podcast sometimes to give myself a refresher course um, because I've been in the car business for about seven or eight years now. And, um, you know, even though you might think that I'm, I'm so advanced or whatnot, and I'm not speaking from a narcissistic, narcissistic tone, but, you know, I speak from, it seems like a platform or a pedestal, but I still like to go out there and get into the grind and, you know, see if I got any more bags in my trip or tricks in my bags or see if, you know, I can learn something new. And so that's the reason why, you know, I, I do this episode because you know, there's still stuff I learn every day. I learn stuff from new salesmen every day. I learn stuff from managers. I learn. I continue to learn and thrive to learn. Um, so, anyways, like I said, if you've been in the car business and you think you know you're kind of, you know, putting yourself through you know the same thing you've heard before, just give it a try. Give it an opportunity. Give it a listen to. I appreciate it. Those of y'all that have been in the car business. Please start from the beginning episodes. The reason why is there's a lot of information that I go over. Um, and if you advance yourself to this point, you're going to miss a lot of the, um, the beginning things that you need. So anyways, with that being said, I do appreciate all y'all for listening. Um, you know where to find me on Facebook, Tony Story, S-T-O-R-I-E. Uh, find me on Instagram at TNCDad2728. And LinkedIn, Tony in parentheses, Anthony, last name, Story. So if you want to reach out to me, private message me, DM me, I'll give you an answer back uh, if you'd like to. If you just want to say hi, please just please say hi. If you're just friending me, please just send a message because I do kind of go through my messages or my friends, and if I don't see anything relatively close, like you're not in the car business or whatnot, I'm probably not going to friend you. And uh, that's and just to be clear with you. So anyways, <clears throat> I think this is part three Hopefully of three, I don't know if I'm going to do another episode of internet sales or how to handle internet leads. Um, And that way, you know, if you do decide to go into that portion of it, um, these are some key ways to, you know, follow up, build rapport, so on and so forth, okay? I don't know exactly where I left off at last time, but I will tell you this much. When you use your database to answer internet leads, which hopefully all y'all are doing, um, I think there's three ways you should do an initial follow-up when you when you get an internet lead. And I don't know if I covered this in the last podcast, but you should always first um, do a phone call, okay? But look at the lead source, okay? Look at how it reads to you, what kind of format it's in, and make sure you're answering that question. So like, let's see, let's say, you know, the customer sits there and, you know, they're inquiring about a QX60, or a Ford F-150 that you have on your lot, and they're wondering if it's in a different color, but ask you not to call during business hours um, to call them after work, what should be your first response? 
obviously it should be an email because they've asked you not to talk to them, talk to them during business hours or give them a call. Say, hey, look, I do have this uh, car available. It's available in this color. I'm going to text message you and let them know what, what your intent is. Say, I'm going to text message you. Please just opt into text messaging. That way, if you can text too to while you're at work, let me know. And do both those things and then leave that phone call for later on. Because what happens, what we tend to get obsessed with is everybody in the car business, managers, owners alike, and if you're a manager and you listen to this, we all get obsessed with um, the time it takes to respond to an internet lead and getting it off the clock. We all have this grandioso um, idea in our mind that the faster you get back, the faster that you're going to sell the car. So when I was at Fred Haas Tour World, I proved this point wrong. There was a, a manager that was up there, I'm not going to mention any names, that he would go in there and he would turn the clock off the internet leads by answering the internet leads by sending out his generic email. What happened is, is it turned off the trigger for some of the, in the car research, not so many Chinese leads, but it turned off the trigger that the salesperson had an internet lead. So the salesperson who thought they had an internet lead, you send the email out, it turns the clock off, now it gets into the back burner of the salesperson's mind. Now there's a thing, well I did have an internet lead, but they, more things come at you and you usually are in the car business, you're being very reactive, not proactive sometimes when a customer's with you and you forget to go back and answer that internet lead. The good news was your response time on internet leads was four, four minutes or five minutes a lead. The problem was your closing ratio was close to four or five percent. So what I did, and it took me a while because I had to kind of, you know, play politics, I got them to turn off the fact that you need to stop answering it within five minutes. I said, you need to have a, an escalation, a timer on this, that if the internet lead doesn't get answered in 15 minutes, it's going to escalate. Man, people got so pissed off. But what happened is, is if that, and they knew that if that internet lead didn't get answered in 15 minutes, and that nobody was actively going to turn it off for them, whether it be you know the other internet director or me, that that it would created more sense of urgency to the internet lead. So what happened was is our internet response time uh, went up to 10 minutes, but our closing ratio doubled. It went to nine minutes. So what I mean by that is is we get so um, our minds so wrapped around. You know, getting that response, getting that response, getting that response. And what we do is we usually make a phone call to kill the clock, but it's not really a phone call because what we did is we, we killed the clock and we put a phone call in there that wasn't a real phone call. We also send out emails that are generic emails. Hey, you know, I see that you're looking at this, blah, blah, blah. And it's a very, should be a very specific email to the customer based on the lead source and stuff like that. And then we don't send out a text message. The problem is, is when you send text messages out through uh, the CRM, the good news is with that, you fall under most privacy laws, okay? So you're not doing anything illegal or anything wrong. When you sit there and you send a text message out from your phone, you obviously open your dealership and you up to privacy law lawsuits. Don't ask me why, there's probably a big old book on it, but when you text message out of the CRM, you also have enough room or you have that, um, that fallback on that, hey, I've been communicating with them via text message, so on and so forth, 
And most of the time, and most text messages through the CRMs, it's chronological. It's in there forever, so you never get rid of it. You never lose it. You never delete it. So if the customer said you said this, you didn't say it, okay? So with that being said, always make a first phone call, always send an email, and then always send make a text message. With that first text message, I don't know if I talked about this on the previous episode before this, with a text message, one of the coolest ways to get a customer to opt into a text message is, I'm gonna share a little nugget with y'all, is most of the time, most of your CRMs, whether it be Ely's, Vin Solutions, or whatnot, they think that they have to have a double opt-in. What a double opt-in is a customer has to opt-in by you asking two questions. Hey, you know, Mr. Customer, this is Tony Story at um, um, Clear Lake Infinity. Um, I'm just reaching out to you. Um, I'd like for you to respond back that you'd like to continue on text. Respond by saying yes or respond by saying no. So you've asked them twice to respond, which people call that a double opt-in. You don't have to double opt-in. I've read as many laws and rules on it as I could. All you have to have is a single opt-in. So what I tend to do whenever I'm text messaging a customer out of the CRM, or even my phone, if I've got the permission to text out of my phone, which I typically don't, uh, I do it on the fact of like, hey, this is um, Tony Story, or no, this is the way I get them to uh, opt in to me. <laughs> I look at their first name and last name, and my first text message to them is, is this John Smith? And most of the CRMs that you work out of have the single opt-in there, respond yes or respond no, okay? Are you being tricky? Yes, but no, because you're asking them a question. You leave them the option to respond in because you're having them opt-in, and you say, is this John Smith? Natural reaction is yes. And so what you do by that is, is you get more customers to opt into your text messages by doing that. So anyways, long story short, those are the three types of communication you should have. Um, and that reason, the reason being is you have to hit him at every trifecta because the customer is going to have one of those three is going to be the most comfortable ways for him to, to, to communicate. So if I don't know if I said this on the last podcast, but most of the stats read as 40% of all phone calls get answered. Okay, so 60% of all phone calls go unanswered. Um, and I don't know the exact numbers on it. I know that 99% of all statistics are made up on the spot. So <laughs> you'll get this later, okay? It's a joke. But I know that um, they say that I think your email rate is anywhere from 24 to 32% of all emails get answered. So you have about 70 so, 70 so percent that don't get answered. And then 99% of all text messages get read. And you think about this, you as a normal person, how often do you read your text messages? Almost every time. So at the end of the day, text messaging customers is probably the most effective way to talk to them in this day and age. The one thing I always like to do is I also like to take that customer. Most um, CRMs don't allow this, but like Automotive Mastermind does, most CRMs <laughs> don't have a direct connection with um, uh, social profiles. So whether that be Facebook, social media, or Instagram. But what you can do is you can take that customer's name, put it into social media, and find out who they are. And it might be a little, you know, creepy or whatnot. But I'm telling you, I've been able to 
you know, connect with them um, on that platform also. So, you know, the thing is, guys, you have to, in this day and age, you have to think outside the box. You can't lock yourself down to um, a certain way that you've always done it there at the dealership. So with internet leads, you always have to think outside the box. Um, and the same thing goes, you know, because if you watch Car Carforia, or what is it, Carvana, they really thought outside the box with buying cars. And so you have to think that way outside the box. So the thing is, is most of the CRMs that you work out of are going to have a workflow. And what I always suggest is that you have a tune-up on those workflows and see what works best for your brand. See take whatever the manufacturer requires and duplicate it to what you have because when you get secret shop they're going to want to know if you followed up with the way they asked for and the and the thing is you need to really really do that because the problem is is you'll get a failing grade but they've obviously done their research to find out how the consumer likes to be talked to and you know i always suggest that you ask all the people that you do internet leads with is find out what their best practices are find out what email templates they use um, and then also with the CRMs that you use, they also have best practices. They also have best pra they have best practice um, workflows that they use. But I always, always highly suggest that you go in there and twerk it, uh, like or twerk it, tweak it. I'm sorry. I like that song by uh, Cardi B. Uh, is it twerk? I think it's called twerk with City Girls. Yes, I'm a little. Uh, I wouldn't say ghetto. But I'm a little uh, culturally, culturally diverse. Um, as y'all can tell, I'm white. Um, <laughs> you, if you Facebook me or Instagram me. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I do like all sorts of music. Um, but anyways, uh, with that being said, the uh, thing is, is get with your CRM. And they do have you know best practices, whether it be through internet leads, follow up on uh, cars sold, um, all sorts of. And they have these long, long workflows figured out. Um, and I think I've said in the previous episode, um, you know, I think that you should have a 120 day follow up, 180 day seems a little extensive. Um, but you know, I think that's the best thing that helps. So, um, back to how you should answer internet leads. That was crazy. That was the hugest lightning strike along with the longest ones I saw because I'm driving on the way home. But, um, the thing is, is when you do answer internet leads, um, don't be afraid to call, don't be afraid to pick up the phone. Um, when you do have a workflow in place, if you can do it like I do with e-leads, have a text messaging um, workflow that goes in place. So what that means is in the workflow, you need to have a, a, an alert that you send a text message. Also for y'all that are managers that listen to this or you have a salesperson, you need to have a manager follow up phone call in there. <clears throat> so basically what that means is, that a manager needs to follow up and, uh, on every internet lead. Now, just so y'all make it, make sure I'm very clear about this. When a manager, if you're an internet, if you're an internet manager or that you're overall everybody else's or BDC or whatnot, be very clear about this, okay? When you do follow up with an internet lead, uh, make sure you're not putting too many hands in the cookie jar because this is the kind of uh, mentality I have. If a customer sits there and has active follow-up and dialogue, with us, with a with a, if a salesperson have, as 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 the dialogue and the follow up with the customer, and you see that there's eventually going to be an appointment out of it, or that they're going to get an appointment out of it, or that they have appointment that's going to be set, um, in in like the near future, like one or two days, 
don't stick your hand in the cookie jar, okay? Don't get that ego to where you think that you have to go in there and save the day and, you know, you thought the salesperson couldn't capitalize on that or whatnot. Because what happens is we put too many hands in the cookie jar. What customers tend to do in any business is they want to get the direct line answer from uh, the manager. And you want to leave that sense of vagueness out there and you don't want to sit there and get that and give that direct line to that customer. Because what you tend to do is your ego gets the best of you and you want to sit there and make that phone call and you want to make that text message because you want to look like the savior that set that appointment. Well, there was a conversation that was held between the consumer, the customer, and the, and the internet person that once you get involved, you might just screw all that up. So what you need to do is stay out of it as much as possible. Take your hands out of the cookie jar if you have to. But in the other sense, also actively look at how they're following up. Look at the lead source. Look at what the questions ask. If they're not answering that properly, jump in. Set a follow-up if you think that this could potentially turn into something for another day. And if they're not doing what they're supposed to do, whether it be a day or two days, reassign it to a salesperson. Don't be afraid that you're going to piss somebody off. Because all honesty, some salespeople might just have too much on their plate and that, that that internet lead needs to be reassigned. And what you're doing, if you don't do that, you're hurting, you're hurting the customer, you're hurting the dealership, and you're hurting yourself. So make sure you're doing that too. Make sure you're, you're doing what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. Make sure you're doing what's right by the salesperson. Make sure you're doing what's right by the dealership and actively engage into your internet leads. If you're a manager, BDC manager, internet lead manager, if you're overseeing whatever it is an internet lead, okay? The other thing is, is when you do send emails out, um, talk in the email as if you're talking to a person. Don't be all salesy. Don't be like, oh, you know, best price, blah, blah, blah. Talk as if the customer is sitting in front of you, you know? hey, you know, we, I think we provide the best quality service, blah, blah, blah. Sell them on being a salesperson and don't sell them on the same generic stuff that other people are using. Because when you do that, you realize they're going to get everybody else is doing everything the same old-fashioned way. I'm telling you, I've secret shot myself. Everybody's doing the same thing and they're not successful with it. That's why, you're gonna close, that's why most people are closing less than 10%. So what you need to do is you need to get authentic with your emails. Whether it's a pre-loaded email template, you need to get authentic with it and provide value in that email. You know, if you, you got a customer that doesn't want to give you a phone number, think about how you would like to be to talked to if you're going to send that email to that customer. Like, hey, Mr. Customer, I know that you're, you know, that, you know, just like everybody, I, I don't like to be bombarded with phone calls. Um, but unfortunately, I was, in, I, I, I was unable to get your phone, your phone number, I guess, when you sent the internet lead in. So one of two things, you didn't put it in or, you know, it didn't come over with the lead that you generated. I'm just like you and I want to be bombarded with 10 different phone calls. But I know for a fact one phone call can eliminate 10 up to 10 emails. Please provide me with your phone number and the best time to call so that I'm not bothering you. And just send that out. And that's what you should do. It's simple. It's easy. Same thing with pricing. Um, same thing with all aspects of how you send out your email. Also in the subject line, um, and I've seen this in the car business for so long, that what we put in the subject line is Tony Story at you know uh, Clear Lake Infinity. Well, if this internet leads coming into five different people, um, and y'all are all sending that, it's either one going to go to spam, or two, it's not going to be seen because they're going to swipe left 
and um, delete it. So what you need to do is you need to put a tagline in there, of whether it be a question mark or um, you know them finishing the sentence like time does fly period 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 or um, did you hear question mark and those little things those little subject lines will typically get a customer to open up an email so anyways I'm gonna go back and listen to my previous two episodes because I don't know what I've been talking about I don't know if I've repeated myself multiple times but guys all these little tidbits I give you trust me it's the same thing I do the other thing is if y'all want to reach out to me I do have some email templates that I put in the Google Share document. I'll easily share those with you. Um, if y'all need anything from me, please let me know. Give me your email address. I'll share it in Google Share documents. Um, I'm not making any money off this. I will, though, just let you know. Um, the Anchor app um, allowed me to sponsor Anchor again. So because I believe in the, the, the app so much and I like it, I'm going to re-sponsor it. So y'all are going to have a sponsor, me sponsoring the anchor app before the email, the uh, internet, or before it starts again. So guys, I truly appreciate y'all. I love you guys. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. Um, if you need to connect with me, connect with me on Facebook, Tony Story, S-T-O-R-I-E. Connect with me on Instagram, at TNCDad2728. LinkedIn, Tony, in parentheses, Anthony, last name, Story. Also, if you like this information, give me a five-star review. Write some stuff in there. I want this to be ranked. I want this to be seen. I really, truly appreciate y'all. And I'm going to leave off with my last little bits. Um, this could be the hardest five-figure business or the easiest six-figure. Um, also, we all win when we all win. So please share this information with people. DM, send it to a text message, share it to them however you need to. I love you guys. Peace.